0: It's about learning, it's about creativity, it's about bringing fun into it, it's about them nurturing themselves um, and then just, yeah, them having a chance just to get away for them for four days, three nights.
1: Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. You're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. I'm so excited to have you with me today. Hey, if you've ever wanted to host a women's retreat, specifically a women's business retreat, and you've wondered what goes into it, what are all the details of how do you get hotels? Where do you get venue? What about speakers? How much do you charge? All the details of how to create an exclusive women's retreat that would benefit your friends, your followers. Well, today I have the perfect guest to educate you. Her name is Angela Henderson, and she puts on an exclusive women's business retreat every year in Australia, which happens to be where she lives. And this business retreat Actually, you can still attend. It's in November of 2021, and we will put the link in the show notes. The theme for her retreat this year is finding balance in business. Yes, that is the theme. Now, Angela is an award-winning business coach for women, international keynote speaker, and podcaster who helps women in business and gets all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. That's the key, though. She is very committed to not burning out in the process, and that's one of the reasons why she loves to host these women's retreats, to make sure that people have time, women have time set aside to care for themselves so that they will be uh, charged up, filled up, full of passion, purpose, reminded of their superpower— and, and head out into back into the world to grow their business. So I know you're going to love this conversation. Consider it a behind-the-scenes journey on how to put on an exclusive women's retreat. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Angela Henderson. Angela, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it.
0: Super excited to be here today, David.
1: So I want to talk to you about this women's retreat that you put on every year minus last year because of COVID, of course,
0: Yes, Um, it is coming
1: up. It's actually in, let's see, what is it? September? No, November of 2021. Mm -hmm. So depending on when someone's Mm -hmm. listening to this um, uh, but it's called this year is called finding balance in business women's retreat. Why did you want to create a women's retreat um, in the first place? Take me back to when you started thinking about it. What was that thought process like?
0: Well, back in 2016, I attended my first high level mastermind, and it was a mastermind over in Cebu, Philippines with Chris Ducker. And it was an exclusive event, and there was only 50 of us plus nine speakers. And the experience that Chris created was just this magical, intimate experience where it was over five days. It was an opportunity the speakers, not that They weren't, you know, held down or anything, but they ate breakfast with us. They ate lunch with us. They were drinking mojitos in the pool with us. They would have, (coughs) excuse me, dinner with us. Like, it was just, there was no distribution of hierarchy of they are the speakers and you are the attendees. And I really thought that was really, there's something special about that. So, Fast forward to, it would have been 2018 when I did my first one, I think, or 2019, I have to remember. And I was thinking, I really want to create this magical experience. I didn't want a conference. And retreats are necessarily probably even a smaller scale. But I still only wanted 50 attendees and eight to nine speakers. And obviously, I chose to keep it in Australia because... Australians are a little bit funny, we do love to travel overseas, but there's still this little bit of a hesitation, so I thought I'll keep it in Australia, I'll keep this experience, and we'll see how we go. That was kind of where I first, it was more about experience. The second thing is I'm also a mentor for the state government here in Queensland, Australia, and we know the data shows that women fail faster than men do, and they fail because they say that they've got lack of resources, lack of community, and lack of money to put towards resources. So the second thing that I've done with the retreat is I actually give away 10 grants out of the 50 spots every year to make sure that women have an opportunity for those that might be in a financial hardship or just bootstrapping their business and starting out to be able to attend. So it was one about creating an experience. Two, it was about being able to have the opportunity to give back because, you know, yes, I make good money, but I still don't have copious amounts of money to throw, not throw away, but to give back to community yet. And that was a way to do it. And three, I've wanted to also be Um, the go-to person in this space that I take my role as a business consultant very seriously and I I wanted to be able to yeah make make that bigger impact to not only for individual community but also for the growth of my business so uh, I would be lying if I didn't say that there wasn't a strategic element to that also
1: of course of course And so how did you decide what the focus of the retreat would be? Because I've got women who are listening, who they could be into health and wellness. They could be into even a physical product. They could be into Mm -hmm. more spiritual um, type things. Mm -hmm. How did you focus the topic?
0: Yeah. So what we did is we initially surveyed audience to see really what it was that they were struggling with to to start with. And then I was able to then bring in speakers based on need versus based on assumptions. So we looked at that. The other thing that we looked at doing was women especially if they're mothers, I, I say if they're having to juggle the element of children and cook, chauffeur, cleaner, and everything in between, is I wanted them an opportunity to spend four days actually starting to unwind. And so I wanted them to be able to get some learning. So the whole essence is to connect, refocus, learn, and grow. So they get to connect with other humans. They get to refocus on themselves by eating a hot meal, by sleeping in their own bed uninterrupted, not needing sex from their partners, or do you know what I mean, getting I need a hug in the middle of the night from their children, right? Like they actually could spend quality time for themselves to learn. Yes, obviously to learn. But the other element is, as we get older, we forget to play. As we get older, we forget to use our creative side. I mean, we used to draw as kids, sidewalk chalk, you know, hide and seek, scavenger hunts, but we somewhere start to lose that. And I wanted women to be able to go back to that. So the day is structured where we typically bring a keynote speaker on, we have got one more session, and then I'll bring in a creative session. And the creative session could be painting, the creative session could be uh, jewelry making like these really flash kind of cool things and then we also with the jewelry last time is we brought in the spirituality side of things so they had to choose a, a, um, a gem and then we shaved that particular gem slash stone down we then took the dust from that and then we made the necklace and then they sealed it and we did some intention setting around that then we'll typically break for longer lunches or longer morning teas again giving people the the chance just to be in the moment and not having to be go 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 all the time And then we have some really beautiful nighttime experiences where um, I'm just trying to think, what do we do one time? Oh yeah. So like this particular one is we've got like, we booked out the theater pretty much. And so it's called Dracula's here in Australia. I've booked out 50, 62 spots. I think it is with including speakers. And we will just go for a three course meal, but we will get entertained while we are during that time. So again, a chance for them to experience different things. And what I find is by day three, the women have started to unwind and you can also see there's a little bit, women are a little bit more emotional because they've allowed themselves the opportunity to actually reflect. For example, I had one mom, she has, she hadn't had time alone in 12 years. And so when she came day three came, she was, she was just crying. Cause she's like, Oh my goodness, why haven't I allowed myself this opportunity wow. to take care of myself? So yeah, so it's, It's about learning. It's about creativity. It's about bringing fun into it. It's about them nurturing themselves. um, And then just, yeah, them having a chance just to get away for them for four days, three nights.
1: And what are the things that they're, because this is focused specifically on business, of course, women who are Mm -hmm. in business. What are the things Mm -hmm. that you're teaching them beyond how to relax, how to connect? They're doing that kind of naturally. What about the business side of it? How do you choose yeah, so, your speakers? How do you invite them? All of those things. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So again, it's I, I look at the overall scope of people who are coming and based on need. And so, for example, this year we have... Um, James Rose is coming about automation. So we know a lot of times women, uh, when they're first starting off, and I say women, not men can do this too, but because my audience is women, so you know this can be for either doing person, but because we know a lot of times when you're first starting out, there's so many manual tasks that we end up doing and our time is already poor as it is. So one of the things is we know, as they had mentioned, automation was a big thing. Well, how can I get back my time? And uh, James Rose, who is a Zapier expert, Zapier, depending on what country you're coming from, he actually has uh, been able to automate 72 hours of his month by automation. So not only is he getting back 72 hours of his time every single month, but that's 72 hours that he doesn't have to pay somebody to go and do those tasks, right? So he's saving on both elements. We also have um, tiny offers are a big thing at the moment. So a, a you know a 27 dollar offer It's called a slow funnel so a um, slow liquidating funnel is what it is but where you take a 27 dollar offer you have an upsell and then it goes to a thing called a one time offer uh, i've had one client where we took a 27 dollar offer and we've turned it into 1.5 million dollars in the last 12 months um, and so the facebook ads manager that helped us on that she's coming to speak about how you can create a 27 dollar offer and at least break even on a budget perspective with your ads because people are paying. But those people who are also paying, now you've moved them from a cold audience to a hot audience because even though they haven't given you a high-ticket item, they've still given you your credit card. So that's what we'll be teaching in there is how can businesses incorporate a tiny offer to their audience. Um, I'm trying to think. I also have Bujra.
1: Let me ask you this. Because these the speakers that you have, if if we're looking to put on a retreat, how do you approach mm-hmm. these speakers? Do you already have relationships with all these speakers or do you um, are you reaching out to them cold? Are you having an invitation? Um, mm-hmm. How are you managing uh, how much they're either paid or getting an affiliate mm-hmm. or walk us through that?
0: Yeah. So one of the things that I started early on in my first business, which was 11 years ago, econ business is the importance of relationships. I genuinely believe that your network equals your net worth. So I have built relationships for many, many years. And so the people who are coming to my retreat, for example, um, I'm paying two people. Now, let me make this very clear. These people have been asked repetitively, what is their speaking fee? Regardless, I'm friends with everyone that's coming. What is your speaking fee and what do you need? Because I need to include that in contract and before I can sign them, I need to make sure that it's within my budget. One person is charging me. She's a very well-known um, individual that is coming. Uh, she's also giving me mates rates for that particular one. The other individual is a well-known individual over in the UK who I'm friends with, which is B- Bujra She does not charge for a speaking fee, but she never speaks. So I'm very blessed that she's coming to speak. But she did ask me if I would be willing to pay a thousand dollars to Kiva in order to give back for micro loans for uh, women. So that was how I had, um, compensated her and everyone else that is coming has literally all of them said it, it will be an honor to be at your event if you could pay my hotel my flights my food whatever um they, they they did not want a speaker fee so again because of the years that i've had relationships with these people um they've come to me when I, we've started talking about pricing and said no we just want to be on your stage so you know first off so but if you didn't have that well, they
1: sell from the stage as well
0: no so it's a no selling event i make it very clear that it's a no selling event and so again they know that from the beginning of course they can put their details but the thing is because they're having lunch and dinner and they sit at the table so each speaker is required to sit at a table with an attendee so i don't have a speakers table there's no division there is i can i can tell you hand on heart these people make the speakers will make money off the back of this event because again they've built human connection And that is one of the things that I think businesses are missing. And I talk often about B2B marketing, B2C marketing, but people are missing human to human marketing. Some people call it people to people marketing. And that's where people get to interact with your brand and they have an experience in interaction. People are so worried about the transaction, the transaction, where's the money coming, that people are forgetting that there is a human being behind every single transaction. And so at this event, all the speakers have an opportunity to create an interaction and their own unique experience with these human beings, and therefore they will become profitable.
1: Mm -hmm. So you've got relationships developed. They're coming Mm -hmm. for, um, because they want to be with you. They want to be connected Mm -hmm. to you in some way. That's what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I
0: would say, I mean, yes, they want to be connected with me, but they also just want an opportunity and an outlet. I mean, especially off of COVID, right? Some of the people are coming, I don't obviously know, and they bought tickets and they're like, I'm just like, they're like, I don't even know much about you. Someone said something about you, Ange. I just want to come four days i've told my husband that i've got four days of a business right like some of them are just like i need to just get out right like i need to blow this popsicle stand and get to the retreat others are like listen i've been following you for years but i haven't been in a position to be able to afford to come right i can come and it's not that expensive in the grand scheme of things. So I'll talk a little bit about how I price the tickets. So that would help your audience is that yeah. I, as I said, I'm, this is about me build, building further connections with my speakers and with my community. This is about me being able to give 10 grants back, but I don't, uh, we will profit very minimal from this, like very minimal. And my goal for this is not, it's not a profit generating activity in my business. All right this is a, it's about bigger picture it's about long term sustainability so my thing is is just to get in the forefront of people's minds and so, but they also do the marketing for me. They're sharing on all their social feeds. They're doing all of this. And just by default, they're leaving digital imprints of who I am and what I represent. And that's what I want here. And from that over time is people get in my funnel, they get in my ecosystem and then they buy from me. So this is a very top of funnel, authority building uh, positioning that I'm doing. So I would first ask anyone who's looking at building retreat, what is your purpose for running this retreat? Mm-hmm. Is it you want to be profitable from the beginning? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're probably going to have to price higher than what I have, right? Is it that you want to build relationships? Okay, well, what is that going to look like? So always ask yourself, why do you want to run this retreat? What is your What are your actual end goals that you want for yourself for that? The second thing when it comes to pricing is – you know, my hourly rate, I'm very open, is a thousand bucks an hour if you're going to work with me, right? So it's like to spend three days with me, you'd be dropping some serious coin for someone on one. The ticket, the low, there's a VIP, VIP gold ticket and a VIP like platinum ticket. The VIP gold ticket is $1,900. So, I mean, to access nine speakers and in addition get the creative sessions, your food taken care of, the, all these activities. If you actually look at the hourly rate, People are saving tens of thousands of dollars to be in a room with all of us, right? But the other essence here is my whole aim, if you look at my mission statement on my website, is to be able to serve an additional 2,000 women between now and 2025, and I want them to be able to have the tools, community, and resources. Now, I do that via unpaid things like my blog and my podcast, but I do that also via paid things like the retreat. But I also, going back to why I started, is I wanted the retreat to be accessible to people. So to me, $1,800 or $1,900 if we round up with the 95 is, is it's an accessible um, do you know what I mean? outlay. They can pay in monthly installments. So Again, that's another thing. Consider if you're really wanting to meet the needs of your clients, do monthly payments too, right? Let that payment be able to be as stretched as it needs to be. Uh, while well, still not being a risk to you, but, you know, meet those clients there. So that's where I look at pricing, the why I'm doing the business and the importance of those relationships with the speakers.
1: And the people that sign up, this is, not, this is anyone could come if they, uh, there's no application needed for this particular event. Is that true?
0: Mm-hmm. That's correct. And so there's an application for the grant process, because obviously we have to be able to track that some way, somehow, about who applied, what were their answers, how are we distributing those. So again, I just want a formal document trail for the applications, but are uh, for the grants, sorry. But in regards to coming people, they just go to the website, secure their ticket, and they are good to go. So it's predominantly, I'd say, 80% service-based business will be there and 20% e-comm will be there. Um, We don't necessarily focus on one or the other. It's, again, Automation can be for an e-com business or for a service-based business. Our Google Ads uh, and Google Analytics Expert, that's for either of those businesses. Um, we've also got one where we're talking about membership building. You know, you can still build memberships with a product-based business, right? So the topics that we bring are quite uh, versatile, that they can meet the needs of a service-based or an e-com business.
1: Can I come if I'm a man?
0: Mm-hmm. No, that is one thing, no. That's what that was one of my differential points. Trust me, and I've got some hate mail from that. I've also equally got hate mail from up into this up until this year, it was all women speakers, all women attendees. This year, I'm bringing two males. Why have I not brought males before? because they I needed the speakers that I brought is what I needed for the audience. It wasn't because, do you mean they were a woman or it wasn't because they were a man. It was because i I, I brought on speakers based on, um, expertise. So the same thing happened this year that I'm bringing on the two males based on expertise, right? It's their zone of genius. I've literally got hate mail going. So you're bringing dicks to the party. Literally. I, like, I, I shit you not. Right. And I'm like, I've also got hate mail. I'm also bringing on an inclusion and diversity specialist to come um, obviously to Australia. Uh, Our indigenous community is quite different community compared to the African-American community. So I want someone in Australia to be able to speak to that topic. Um, She's she's got very light skin, bright pink hair. Uh, I've been told that she's not indigenous enough but she's indigenous. Right? And so when you're looking at running retreats, know that you're never going to make everyone happy. And so you just have to be able to lay your head on your pillow at night knowing that you truly are doing everything you can. Like I've got Bujra coming. Uh again, I hired Bujra because she's made 10 million dollars plus in the online space. She's a freaking legend who I've got the utmost respect for. I didn't bring Bujra because she's got brown skin. Sure. I hired Bujra based on expertise. So Bujra's coming. I've got Louise coming, who's an um, uh, inclusion and diversity specialist. I've got two males coming. So I've got shit for bringing the males. I've got shit because my indigenous person isn't white enough. And that uh, technically, I don't have enough people of color. But it's like there's nine speakers and there are two, do you know what I mean, people of color. And again, I say that because some, but I also get in trouble for saying people of color. So I, I all I say is you're never going to make it right. But I know I can genuinely lay my head on my pillow knowing that my attendees, I've worked countless hours making sure that the lineup is meeting the needs of the attendees, right? So just know you will get shit, you will get slack, um, but just keep doing you, right? Like that, that's all I can say. So I know Absolutely. it started with can males come, but then i kind got to open up because I think it's important that people realize that uh, what can you know, mean come from making those decisions.
1: Yeah. And that's not only decisions on creating a retreat, but almost anything you do in your business, somebody can complain about something. So when you first started this retreat and people complained about something, how did you handle it? How did it, like literally what was going on inside of you? Were you triggered? Were you like, no, this is no big deal. Did you respond to it with an email and then delete it? Like, how did you deal with it?
0: Listen, I mean, I think any of us humans, When you have so much passion for something, it's hard not to take something like with a little bit of like, oh, man, that kind of hurts, right? But I always have to remember, too, is there's, again, humans on the other end. So, you know, when emotion is high, reason is low. And so my number one tool that I like to do is, yes, and. Don't respond right away, because then my emotion is involved in that, right? right? And my reason is thrown out. So I might draft something, sit it there, come back to it, sit it there, and then do finally sit it up. But I want to acknowledge that of people. So even when people said, you're bringing dicks to the party okay, well, you know, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to bring this to my attention so that, you know, both my team and I can take the opportunity to review and reflect this, you know, without you taking the time, we would never know if there's something that we could do better. And I genuinely stand by that, right? Um, There was a lady the other day on my podcast, I just did a podcast episode around inclusion and diversity. And I'd sent us In my opinion, I thought it was a very simple email going, guys, I'm mind blowing with this episode. So much I've already learned. Plus, I'm going to do someone on work with Louise. Like if you're ready for the conversation and you want to learn, this podcast is by far one of the ones where I just like, like I was taking notes. That was it. An email that I got was, how dare you be so patronizing? How dare you be so condescending? How dare you not think that there are some of us on your email list already doing this work? And so again, I was like, oh my goodness. And I actually, I'm not a huge crier, but I was quite emotional because I was like, that was my biggest fear of getting something wrong, right? But I was like, hold on a minute because she's indigenous and she, and I was like, hold on a minute. She's had years and generational, what I mean ancestors who've had had to deal with this. So again, I just said, thank you again. I'm just trying my best, but I can really take this on and reflect and learn how to do this better for future conversations. And I'll bring this back to my inclusion specialist and, you know, coach and, and we'll work through this. So though I was saddened by it because I generally would never go out of my way at all. And and she actually two days later responded and said, listen, I know you're reviewing and reflecting. And she goes, I needed to review and reflect too. She's like, I lashed out at you. And she goes, that wasn't appropriate. So again, I think we need to be able to listen versus, and it's a skill that I'm sure you know as a consultant too, David, is that it's I think any business owner where a lot of people are lacking the ability to just listen and reflect because they're triggered or whatever and we're too reactive versus just sitting in it so when I do get those conversations it's about um yes letting people know I acknowledge them listening to them and and appreciating that that they took time regardless if I don't like it do you know what I mean um to reflect because I can always become a better human being
1: in this kind of season or movement that we're in regarding, um, diversity inclusion and even part of that, you know, what people would call cancel culture. How Uh do you, I hear you saying, I chose the people that were, you know, the best fit for the best role, but at the same time, you are mindful of wanting to have people like you obviously included a diversity inclusion coach. Um, Uh how, how, if I'm putting on a retreat, it feels like when is enough enough, When is enough enough? Uh Like, I know that sounds bad. It's like, well, you shouldn't even ask that. You know, you should just be naturally have relationships with people that are different from you. But we don't. Most of us have relationships with people that are similar than us. Like, that's just Uh most human beings. Um, How do you determine, because you were like, well, when I put my head on the pillow, I'll feel okay. How do Uh you put your head on the pillow and feel okay? Like, at what point do you feel like, yeah, there are people that are different than me represented and -hmm. it's enough.
0: Mm -hmm. I guess for me is I just have to go, my children were in that room. Are they learning from a bunch of different people? Do you know what I mean? From different backgrounds and, 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 you know, what am I passing on to my children? That's kind of a benchmark that I have my, for myself. Because the thing is, is, if I pass away tomorrow, as a parent, I feel it's my responsibility to make sure that I'm educating my children about different topics. Mm-hmm. And those topics could be from a man. Those topics could be from a woman. those per, like, it, and, and that's the other thing is I'm looking at it from again, who's the best candidate. Right. And so for me is when I lay my head on my pillow too, is are they learning from the best people in that space right now? And yeah. if I can say, yes, my children would be learning from those best people and my attendees are learning from those best people, then I'm okay with that. And, mm-hmm. um, I, and that's it, you know, like, you know, I, um, when black lives matter movement was going on in America, uh, I, uh, The year before I had seven speakers and I think three of them were people of color. And I I was told that that wasn't enough representation, right? again I, I, I go back to what I'm saying is the best people were in that room for that particular event right um, and that's all I can say is um, but one of the things that I, I have learned in, in one of the things that I am been, been able to kind of check myself with is yes I totally agree that we probably didn't you know I mean hang out with similar people quote-unquote it's human nature but it's allowed me the opportunity to go okay well why am I only hanging around certain cohorts of people, right? Why, what can I do to be more inclusive? What can I be um, to add more of this to this? And like I said, it was a big, um, I know I've been wanting to enter in this conversation for a long time, but it's not my zone of genius. And I also know as a business consultant, I don't want to ever speak to something that I don't have enough information about because I also to be honest don't want to turn around and get sued because i've given false information or guidance to people right and so I've sat on the fence with this one because it felt so uncomfortable and I was like, okay, well, I can't sit with this feeling, right? What what can I do? And I started researching here in Australia because, again, because I live in Australia and that's where I met this beautiful person, Louise O'Reilly. And I said, hey, you know, can I pay you to do some one-on-one work? Can I pay you to come to my podcast? Can I pay you um, to come? Sorry, she didn't get paid. Pay you to come to the retreat and do a session? Can I pay you to do some one-on-one work? And would you like to come on the podcast? Because Yes, it's been a year, but I was like, again, I also have to remember, David, too, that I'm right on time. Could I feel guilty that I didn't do this eight months ago? Yeah. But I wasn't ready for that conversation. Right. And that's okay, Right. It doesn't mean I'm a bad human. It doesn't mean anything else. It just means that I'm right on time. And Louise is in my life now. And now I'm able to feel a bit more confident to share those stories and interactions and help more people along the way. So I know it's a little bit longer kind of answer. But, yeah, first of all, my children, And second of all is, are they the right people for the right room for the attendees? And if so, then, you know, I I know I can look myself in the mirror, lay my head on my pillow and go like, listen, I've done the best I can.
1: Sure, sure. How do you actually handle the details of the retreat in terms of like, let's just say throughout the retreat, the check-in, the day-to-day process, the... You know, registration, all of that—is that run by volunteers? Do you pay people that have been a part of your client? Oh no, my
0: team comes. Yeah, so my team is there. So, um, we we use—I mean—checklist after checklist, uh, Airtable. We've got running sheets and everything like that. Um, but it's a pretty still skeleton team, really. Uh, My intern will be there for this particular year. She was there for me last time. Also, we have chosen to bring uh, my intern this particular year again, because of the fact that she's in Queensland, where I am too. If in the event that borders close, because Australia is very tight with like, for example, we have three COVID cases in our entire state not 300, not 3,003. And more than likely our borders will close today at time of recording. So I need someone in the state to be able to get to that location. Even if others can't make it to the event, I still would be putting that event on and need someone hands on deck. So that's why that decision came to be made there. And then it's me. So there's really two of us for 50 people. But it, it's not people overcomplicate things, and people I think think they need bigger teams to run things like this. I don't think so. If you're organized and you've got everything, it's literally when everyone comes, I hug everyone. I'm a I'm a bit of a do you know what I mean, people person. Every morning I hug everyone as they enter the room. They come in. I do a lot of hands on every day. I also sit at the end of the night, and well, I guess I'll back up a minute. I actually will ring all 50 attendees the week before the event, personally myself. I block out two to three hours and I call each of them and I talk. Now, now the kicker is, is people think, oh, well, that's a lot of time. It might be, but people. Um, are trusting me to come to this event. And there are people who might be introverts. There could be people who have anxiety. It could be their first time leaving their kids. And I want to let, make sure that they're, they feel good about what's coming. So the other thing is, is yes, people say it's a lot of time, but David, the reality of it is, it's probably 80% of those people don't pick up the phone because, oh, random phone number. I'm just going to hit, I sure. mean, go to voice message, right? But I cannot tell you how many people like, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe it was you that called me. This is amazing. So I'm already, we're already bringing in this survey of people and what they need. I'm then ringing the people before they come to the event. I'm hugging them when we're greeting. And then one of the things I do every day is in order to break down again, barriers is that a lot of people again we will go sit with people that we know but the reality of it is is that doesn't necessarily mean growth happens that can just be chit chat so if you want growth or or hang out with your people you can do that at morning tea breaks afternoon tea breaks etc but during the day I actually will position people at each of the individual speaker tables and each of the other individual clients in a way to break down like clicks right but also for a way to enhance and get them into their like come like out of their comfort zones. So that does take a little bit of time. It takes me about an hour every day in between at nighttime in the hotel room, looking where I'll be positioning everyone for the next day. But I do that so people are getting the most out of the event and people actually thank me for that also. Um, and then the hotel kind of runs their ship. Uh, and again, I was we're ask just you, always.
1: Is that everybody stays at the hotel, is that correct?
0: Well, they don't have to. So the hotel, the event is ran at a hotel called Mantra Legends. They can choose to stay there if they want to. The majority of people will, but the um, hotel accommodation is not part of the ticket cost. So they're they're responsible for choosing where they want. But most people like it because it's convenient. People are gathering in the lobby that more conversations can happen, um, et cetera. So yes, yeah, so they can choose to stay there, but some people will get Airbnbs too.
1: And how do you choose a venue in your area, like a hotel is going to be more expensive than perhaps, I don't know, some other, something else that you could find?
0: For me, again, it was about the experience. Where can I get an experience that when people walk through those doors, they feel like they've left their home life and their day-to-day life and can put on relaxation mode, right? Like, You know, I'm here. And so when you walk into the lobby of mantras is like you walk in and there's like this beautiful, you're just looking at this really great pool. Right. But mantra legends is also one, two blocks away from the beach. So, but it's, um, surfers paradise is a very known kind of tourist trap and you can get a lot of like you know, uh, loud people, do you know what I mean? You know, people drinking because the bars are there. So you've got Surfer's Paradise, and then we're about three blocks back and then closer to the beach. So I really looked at like location, meeting the needs of the women. Um, Was it convenient and close to everything? And what did that look like? And so uh, I could have gotten it probably cheaper at, say, like um, a rec hall, maybe, or a Girl Scouts hall or something like that. But I wanted them to experience, um, you know, up leveling too oh, yeah. and upgrading in their life. And if they're able to upgrade into their life, there's this feeling of transformation that starts to incur even from a subconscious, you know what I mean, level. Right. So it, it's uh, yeah. So there's madness to my method. It isn't like, you know. Is it ninety dollars per head per day? I think I I don't have the data in front of me, but it's not—it's less than a hundred. So it's ninety dollars a day, and that includes morning tea, afternoon tea, and lunch. I think it's a quite reasonable cost, plus the room hire and the AV, right? Like. It's a pretty reasonable, I think, more than reasonable cost to be able to, do you know what I mean, afford that and that you're not having to run around to different restaurants. So I also just look at things, David, from a place of convenience, right? Is like, is this convenient for them? Is this convenient for me? Um, Yeah. And by far, it's not the best hotel. Like I could have gone to Versace, but if you do things like that, David, then your cost of the ticket has to increase to pay for that. Like their day rates, I think are about 300 per day per person. And then it takes away from my whole mission of being for women to have um, access to this event, right? So again, you've got you've got to figure out what is it that you want at the beginning, uh, and that will help you to determine your location and your you know cost per head and things like that.
1: I'm looking at a photo, which I assume is from uh, a couple of years ago, and there are some interesting dressed characters in this photo. <laughs> what is going on here with this? Like it's like a nurse outfit. That's like a head thing. I what's going on.
0: Yeah. Is it the one with all the colors? Yes. Yeah. So, if you look at the top, it's the color of the rainbow. So, it's red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, pink. And what we did is the theme for that particular um, farewell party was you had to dress, you had to choose one color of the rainbow and represent the rainbow. And they could do anything they wanted, right? So, one, like you said, there's a nurse there, but then one dressed up as like a garbage man. I think she's in the front row, Kai. Do you know what I mean? She's like in this like wrap thing. Yeah, um, that's what I'm looking at. People just wear like red. Do you know what I mean? So, it was whatever. I just wore a pink dress with pink shoes right but the catch was is that they're supposed to try to be that solid color from top to bottom and it was really quite magical looking at the other photos on the night because it looked like we were just like skittles everywhere right the candy skittles uh, because there were just little blobs of bright color all throughout the street with about 60 of us so no so that was it it was a rainbow theme party
1: that is so fun Okay, so this event is uh happening November 4th through the 7th, which I'm assuming most people would be in uh, Australia who would want to go to this November mm-hmm. 4th through the 7th, 2021, and you can go to okay. Angela, Han, angelahenderson.com.au and at the top mm-hmm. you'll find the link to the Finding Balance and Business Women's Retreat. I just appreciate you kind of breaking down how you've created this and I I know I spurred this uh, topic on and you've just been able to just deliver with all this great information. Um, I also know um, you've got a podcast. Who is the podcast for? Who should listen to this?
0: Yes, so it's for either you know beginning entrepreneurs or seasoned entrepreneurs. It's an opportunity to enhance your skill set and learn little micro nuggets of knowledge on any given day. So again, inclusion and diversity. Come and learn a little nugget called microaggression, something I've never heard about before, and just was completely fascinated about. It's about everyone, anyone who listens to my podcast. I want them to be better off than they were when they do. You know what I mean, press play. So it's little nuggets. Um, Of wisdom that can help you grow your business. It's called the Business and Life Conversations podcast. And it it is that we also talk about depression. We also talk about anxiety. We also talk about grief. You know, I've lost three substantial people. No, sorry, five substantial people in the last um, three years. Right? And it's about how have I maneuvered losing my grandmother on Christmas, my brother on Mother's Day, a father type figure on New Year's Day, and two other people, right? Like, how have I been able to be a business owner and still navigate that um, when some people may crumble, right? So we talk about different things. So yeah, so head over, yeah, have a listen if that's what you need in your world, right? Also, I say, don't consume more content if you don't need to just take action too. So if you want to great. Uh, But I'm always like you do what you know, you're right on time what feels best for you.
1: Great. I also want to link in the show notes to a resource that you have, which is your free six figure goal creation workshop for women in business. Um, So this goal creation workshop, Tell us what it's all about and we'll, if you're on your phone, you can swipe up and click on the link or you can find it in our show notes, wherever, but what is this all about?
0: Listen, so often when women come into me, they just say, I- I've got s- my head is about to explode. There's so many ideas, there's so many thoughts, and it's pretty much chaos. And so what I encourage women to do is to get the chaos from their head and that naturally things start to feel calm, calmer. It also helps women uh, start to develop a roadmap, start to develop a strategy. And I walk them through, it's a two-hour on-demand workshop where I walk them through about how you get your thoughts to your head and how you start to organize them, how you put them into yearly goals, then how do you break them down into core quarterly, monthly, and weekly goals, because I'm a firm believer is you can't eat an elephant whole. But if you can slowly take a bite off of everything, you're still getting the momentum you need to move your business forward. Uh, It's the 1% incremental rule, I say. Every day, if you're doing 1%, at the end of the year, you've just done 365% of something else, and that's more than what other people are doing. So the workshop is about being able to break that elephant down and giving uh, women or men, if they're listening, the opportunity to get the chaos from their head and start getting a roadmap and strategy in place to move their business forward and become more profitable.
1: Awesome. So that's the free six-figure goal creation workshop for women in business. And you'll find the link in your show notes. Now you can swipe up on your phone and click it or go to our website, insporising.com slash Angela Henderson. So Angela, thank you for sharing all about this uh, retreat that you're coming up and how you've been able to put it on. I really appreciate it. It's very good.
0: No worries. Thanks so much, David. I hope you
1: have a beautiful day. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity.